Hello everyone, I'm Tristan Field-Jones. We are live at GSX, uh, and we are very excited for our first full-length interview here uh, on the podcast live in Atlanta. I am, of course, joined by my colleague, co-host, MJ Benias. MJ, who have you brought along for us to chat with today? All right, so ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we have Stephen Hernandez from The North Group. Steve, welcome to the SITREP. Hey guys, good afternoon. So, listen, I was perusing the, the GSX kind of lecture series kind of guide, and your, your lecture popped up as sort of being incredibly interesting to me, because I think there's a lot of interest in building a GSOC. I think there's a lot of um, interest, but interest doesn't always lead to success in building a good GSOC. And, and your, your lecture today, or your, your talk, was on how to build a successful GSOC, the, the, the do's and don'ts. So, so I want to start sort of, well, actually, before we start there, tell us a little bit about yourself, Stephen. How did you get in this business? Give us a 30-second origin story. Yeah, absolutely. So started off in the Army as an infantryman, um, served in the global war on terrorism, like many others in the industry. And then uh, after the military, got into the, the, um, the executive protection and, and kidnap consulting arena. And then from there, just started to see the gap in the industry and the need for more intelligence-driven you know, firms and, and risk management, uh, risk-based solutions to, to help customers understand what their risk matrix looked like. And that's where we started. Awesome. So in that, obviously, it really connects to your talk on building a GSOC. So let's begin with what's a GSOC and why do they matter? Why are they part of this world? Yeah, so you have a couple different terminologies that float around the industry, right? You have GSOC, which means Global Security Operations Center, and then you have ROC, which means Risk Operations Center, and then you have an EOC, which is an Emergency Operations Center, and, and then you have a TOC, which is a Tactical Operations you know, Center. The difference is an EOC is more emergency management based. Could be state government, could be county, different things like that. Um, you'll see, I'll give you an example, you'll see an oil and gas company have an EOC during a spill that connects to their regional operation or their GSOC, Global Security Operations Center, right? So it's more of an ad hoc mission set. Then you have a GSOC, which is just like it sounds, Global Security Operations, right? So it's managing an organization's infrastructure from a global standpoint. And then you would have, um, let's say a, a rock a regional regional operations center so they may have multiple regions to their their infrastructure or their ecosystem so they would have a rock right and then each region has different risk you know uh, equities to it so that's where the rock would come in we do love our abbreviations in the security industry it's don't just we? a word salad <laughs> yeah they took it from the military and the law enforcement community yeah. No, that, you know, absolutely that makes sense. Well, let's start with kind of the, the how-to guide, if you will, of how you build a, uh, a GSOC. So what are some of the first steps, some of the most f basic fundamentals that you should follow when getting this off the ground? Yeah, so first and foremost, I take a very untraditional approach to entrepreneurship. Um, by that, I mean, no matter what I do, one, we got to do it 100%. Two, we have to do it with passion and we got to change the world with whatever we're doing, right? So when we went down this road, for me, it was more about, I wanted the, the Bentley, right? I wanted the most expensive <laughs> software and the most expensive applications sure. and the best of the best, but I only wanted to buy a Honda Accord. Right. You know, it's kind of like going into a, a, 
a Bentley dealership and being like, wait, why, why is this so much money? Uh, the Accord right. is a perfectly good car. It's reliable. It is a good car. <laughs> so, so what I started to realize early on is it's not about what you want. It's about what is the risk matrix, the risk makeup to your organization or to the customers that you're going to serve. And how are you going to curb that with a GSOC or a ROC? What are you going to do with it? And then you start to trickle it down from there, right? So I know that a lot of my customers deal with threats. So how do we collect that data? How do we analyze that data? And who's in charge of um, making sure that that data is relevant, current, and, and, and it, has, it has reach to the powers that need it, right? So that's where a GSOC for us came in. As we know that that is going to be staffed with, our GSOC's gonna be staffed with intelligence analysts. Right? We know that we're going to incorporate technology in there to focus on facts for increased threats. How do we detect threats? So we're not so much cameras, access control, and that. We do have camera monitoring within our GSOC, but we're more building it out based on what the needs, requirements, and then the risks to our customer base who are going to use it and pay for it. I can imagine, you know, standing even here at GSX, I mean, like, there's options out there of like yeah. the different levels of technology. It all ranges in price, just like there's a Bentley and there's the Accord model. Both do the job. Some just do it maybe a little fancier, but you don't need that. You know, like I, I guess what I'm trying to get to is, is there kind of the the staged approach of you know, listen, we can start with the Accord, you know, and then we can slowly move our way up to the the Bentley, yeah. or or is there just just stick with the Accord sometimes because it's reliable, it'll last for four hundred thousand clicks, and <laughs> it'll, it'll get you where you need to go every day. Well, I I could tell you honestly, right? It, it, we'll use we're standing in front of SamDesk, obviously, right? Yeah. So SamDesk, right? It, it, does the data sets that it produces are they relevant to the mission in which you're looking to hire a company like SamDesk to provide? And that's where it comes down to is everybody, it's also about mission profile, right? Well, what are, you, what are you doing? What is your organization doing? What I will tell you is a GSOC is so important to some organizations that it could mean life or death to the people that are utilizing it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have an active shooter at your corporate headquarters, the GSOC should be the first person, the first, the first you know, organization or part of your organization to see it. So how does that work, right? The value in a GSOC is going to be found, hopefully, in nothing ever happening, right? That, that's, that's the problem with security, is I had somebody ask earlier, ROI, ROI, return on investment, how do I show it? Well, listen, you don't ever want to have to show it. That should be your hope. Well, and, and it's funny you mention that because you know, kind of a bit of a side note, but a lot of the headlines recently have been how we've seen major companies out there laying off security teams. And a lot of people have been pointing out, you know, the reason you didn't have security issues, the reason you don't necessarily see results is because they're doing their job. Because that's exactly what the security team, security team's supposed to do is to you know, minimize threats. And, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know about them because again, they're doing their job to protect the company. So it's, it's funny you, you bring that up because I, 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 it really is relevant to the landscape we're dealing with where we're seeing all these companies laying off sometimes entire security teams because for whatever reason, they don't see it as necessarily worth it, I guess. Yeah, you, you have to find value within the cultures in which you operate. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's hard, right? It's hard for some organizations to understand why security is so imperative. But whether it's wearing a law enforcement hat or a military hat or a security hat, what I can tell you is the people that really need it can't really have a voice in the moment of need. So it's, it's a, um, this is where risk analysis is really important, mm -hmm. right? It's where intelligence drives operations. Intelligence drives functionality. And when you say that, people are like, oh, you know, that's such a cliche, especially coming from the military side of the house. But here's the deal. Intelligence can blunder an operation. It can blunder an organization, lack thereof, right? But the right information can drive direction. Some of the best executives in the world run organizations based on data and information and process, process and execution, right? The key to a GSOC is that data, right? And then how do you execute when you have data? What do you do with it? This leads me to sort of what you talked a bit about in your, in your, in your, your lecture, like the things that you shouldn't do in a GSOC or the things that don't always work out or the things we think we need or but yeah. you know we end up just screwing up what are like what what are some of those don'ts of like like when you when you think about the development of a GSOC what are things you shouldn't start with or what are kind of like the common pitfalls that we kind of get to first yeah humble yourself on what you need versus what you want what the organization needs what the employees need what the staff needs what the executive teams need versus what they want or you want a GSOC is not supposed to replace your work. A security operations center is not supposed to make it easier for you to do your job. It's actually, it should complicate your job because you should know more information. You should see more failures within your organization's security infrastructure now that you're monitoring everything, now that you have information collected, you know you're not acting on it. If you have no change organizationally after you've incorporated a GSOC, you're either not listening, or you're not paying attention, or you're just that good, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that, absolutely. I think that's a, an interesting way of looking at it for sure. Um, what are some, what are some of the biggest failures that you see when people implement GSOCs? We talked about the fundamentals and the basics, but what are some? So what are some areas where you look at this and, and just shake your head and think, how did you screw this up? Budgeting. Um, understanding, understanding what you need versus what you want. I said that. Yeah. But take it a step further. Understanding what it is that you're asking for. Are you, do you understand that the organization that you're asking to put this intelligence software in your GSOC or this analytical tool do you understand what it does? Do you understand what it doesn't do? Are your expectations on par with that? You know, a lot of people will try to build security operations centers on this robust James Bond model, but you know, some of the most dangerous people are the kid in his mom's basement with a keyboard. Like, I don't want to mess with the kid in his mom's basement with a computer. Like, that kid is capable of doing a lot. And I say that to say this, if some of the best hackers in the world can hack government servers and databases from mm -hmm. their mom's basement, you know, taking a break off Xbox, anybody with a computer can track information, track data, affect supply chains, right? The, a GSOC to me 
is about the function of an organization based on risk. And that's where, that's where the failure is. We don't understand that. One, the failure is we understand what the industry says or what industry experts say. But at the end of the day, if somebody tells you what to do and they haven't read your risk assessment or security plans and they don't know your organization, that's just a cookie cutter model, in my opinion. This ties to something we spoke about just prior to jumping on live here. You know, you were talking about how the security world's changing, how there's 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 developments and, and, and whether technological or even like you said, you know, a, a threat actor, you know, twenty or thirty years ago wasn't the kid in his mom's basement and, and now that's an actual threat we need to deal with. Yeah. Um, so so what are some of the evolutions or Maybe that's the wrong word. What are some of the, the evolving factors you kind of see tying into kind of GSOCs in the future? Like, like where are we kind of headed in the next five years, let's say, in, and, and how, like, a guy like you who, who literally consults on this, how are you going to adapt the next five years and then obviously into the future? Like, what are the steps here? Yeah, so we, we have to drive pre-incident indicators. Okay. We have to drive facts for increased threat ratios. We have to watch those increased threat ratios grow. We have to understand why they're growing. You know, it's a lot like watching a storm roll in. You know, we don't we don't stand on the edge of a, of a category four hurricane and just watch it come in, right? Seems like in the industry, we do that with security all the time. We know that the active shooter phenomenon is real. I mean, something we've done at our firm is we realized early on that we had to do something about the active shooter stuff, stop just trying to be right of bang, right? And we have to get left of bang. We have to focus on being left to bang. So we've started to roll out a new, a new product we're going to launch here in the next couple months that's going to be focused on driving home the left of bang kind of environment. And, and, and how to understand what a threat could evolve to be. We want to get before the kill chain event, right? That comes down to intelligence. And the problem with what we're facing right now is this paradigm shift in the industry with technology meeting human engagement, right? And, and it's not bad. Technology's not bad. It's not going to replace everybody in 10 years. And maybe another 200, we're, we're, we're going to be pretty unlucky, but I don't plan on being around that long. So it really is coming down to, you know, the evolution of technology in the industry, but don't run away from it and, and don't shy away from it. Deploy it, understand it. You know, I, I had uh, a director of security tell me today, we were talking, it's like, yeah, man, my, my boss is like, basically, hey, how come we don't, you know, we, we don't, we're, we're talking to vendors and technology people, we don't need that. I never did that when I was in federal law enforcement. And it's like, you do have a generational gap occurring here sure. where, where folks very, very well-educated great people in security are evolving out of the business, right? And there's a new generation of technology savvy, right? There's younger, they, they want to incorporate it more. We've grown up with a different mindset than our parents did, mm -hmm. right? I mean, back in the day, they used to not lock their doors. Back in the day, they didn't know how to use a cell phone. So now you use a cell phone to lock your door, yeah. right? I mean, so uh, imagine that now, that's a, kind of a, a micro anal analogy of it. Imagine it on a, on a macro scale for an industry that is evolving with trends, mindset, and technology all at the same time shifting. And that's what we're seeing. 
what would be some of your advice then to folks who are trying to keep up with all these evolving trends? Because like you mentioned, it's not just the technology evolving, and it's so many different factors that are changing at such a rapid pace. So people will get caught up in that. So what would be your advice to, to uh, I guess, deal with these incre incredibly rapid changes? I think it's really important to seek wisdom. Seek wisdom in counsel, right? I, and I'm going more on my entrepreneurial train now than I am security train, right? But if you're, a, if you're a business practitioner in general, how can you grow without knowledge? People are afraid of change. But in an industry where things can go from, you know, one to 10 pretty quickly, I mean, I mean, being in Europe the last few months, right, back and forth over there, seeing that situation evolve, there's a lot of disinformation that's driving a false reality with it, but nations are ebbing and flowing based on that disinformation, mm -hmm. right? But I want you to take it a step further with the industry. COVID, right, go back to COVID. COVID created this environment where now you have people that are telling all their employees to stay at home. Humans are becoming out of touch with one another. What is that doing to the workplace violence numbers? What is that doing? Now I'm telling you, you have to come back to work. No, I want to work remote. No, you have to come back to work. The, you know, the, the gig's over. Right. And now you have disgruntled employees. So organizations are going, well, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with it? I, I can tell you how many phone calls we got about it. Leverage technology. Don't be afraid of it. Leverage it. Organizations like Samdesk, you know, organizations like Max Security, they, they got great training programs for how to incorporate this kind of stuff in your GSOC. So I think that the evolution of the change of the industry, it's scary to a lot of people that are older, right? Because, and quite frankly, we're pretty stubborn A-type folks anyways, right? So it's like, I don't want to change. But for me, it's about how do we make the world a safer place? And I think if we all had a little bit more of that in our mindset, right, we would, we would see some change with it. It's not a scary thing that technology is evolving the industry. What is scary is that we're not listening to the need of how it could mitigate more things from happening. Um, you know, jumping to, again, sort of, you mentioned COVID, you mentioned the remote work versus, you know, coming into work, I guess. Um, and, and just this, this notion of, uh, you know, as you, as you said previously, there's this kind of shift in the industry where you have a sort of generation that's been around for a while. They're wise, they're experts, they, they know that, that landscape. But as the new technology comes in, as the new ideas come in, as kind of just new like ideologi ideological kind of frameworks pop into this industry, do you see that there is going to be, like is, is the security world gonna have a sort of merging of the, the technology and the, the physical, like where, where you're gonna have this expectation that security practitioners will have to have not just a background in physical security, but also in cybersecurity, have, a, have like a working knowledge, you know what I mean? Like there's gonna be that kind of merger of these two worlds where security will be more of a holistic thing, sorry, more murder, where security will be a more holistic thing versus um, like separate fields and, and, and deviations. 
I, I think we use the word holistic a lot in our firm. And uh, I absolutely think you're going to see that transition. To, to what scale, I don't know. But I think it's already occurring in real time. I think if you walk the show floor here at GSX, you'll see it. There is not enough knowledge in the different industry segments of what we do to curb all the threats and all the customers. And that's why I like this industry so much from an entrepreneurial standpoint, is there's more business than you can, than you, than you can shake a stick at. If you know what you're doing, you're never out of business. You're never dry. You know, the work keeps coming in. But how many people actually know how to do the work? And the ratio is pretty, pretty significant, I think. You know, the difference. And I think that, again, security is about one competency, but it's also about attention to detail. And then your ability to discern between what you think should happen and what's right. And then somewhere in the middle is an answer, right? Because a lot of times, you know, what's right is, is hard. And I think that when you look at this show floor and you look at the great people that work in this industry, and there's a lot of them, there's a lot of people that want to affect change, but there's not enough people trying to figure out what we're missing. And I think that, to answer your question, I think that's, that's really what it's about, is the ever-evolving side of our industry. And I think we as thought leaders need to be more focused on that. What are we missing? What are we not doing to mitigate active shooters? What are we not doing to mitigate workplace violence? What are we not doing to enhance corporate security programs? What are we not doing? We always talk about what we are doing, but what are we not doing? What are we missing? And then once we after action, you know, our failures, then we can really create long lasting solutions. So let's say you're a security professional, you're listening to this conversation and you're thinking, okay, I should review my GSOC. I should look into the operations, I should look into the procedures, whatever it is. How should someone go about doing that, especially if they're thinking, lots of good points here, how do they look at doing that? I mean, first and foremost is, you know, whoever does your risk assessments, your security plans, you need to, you need to look at those. I mean, those should be dictating what you're doing. And then from there, it's, it's really about a needs analysis, a SWOT analysis, right? Where are your strengths and weaknesses? You know, where, where are your goals and objectives as an organization? What I'll say and what I said in my um, session this morning is, what is it worth to do nothing? What is it worth to know and not act? What is it worth to not know? because you didn't act. And I think that's what building a GSOC is about, is a lot of organizations, they don't understand the capital expense side of why they should do it, but what they know is they, can, they, they can't afford not to. And I think that that's the, that's the pivotal point in an organization's security life, where you have to determine, okay, this may be another half a million dollars to our security budget, or our organization's you know, expenses, but can we afford not to? Some organizations can't. A lot of organizations that don't have one need one yesterday. 
for me, it's about start with your risk assessment, start with your security plans, and then from there, justify a conversation with a consultant that knows what they're doing. Well, um, you know, you mentioned earlier there's there's a need for wisdom in this field, and I think uh, Stephen Hernandez, you are one of the wise ones who are kicking around this uh, the show floor today. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you very much for listening. Um, Stephen, tell people where they can find you. Tell people about the North Group and, and plug plug yourself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So www.tngdefense.com. Check us out. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, as well as uh, you can email us at info at tngdefense.com. Excellent. They, they also have their own podcast, I should mention, so you should go check that out as well. <laughs> Time to head north. Check us out. Um, well, thank you very much for tuning in to uh, this particular live stream. We will have more in the coming days from GSX. Again, Stephen Hernandez from the North Group joining us. I'm Tristan Field-Jones along with MJ Benias. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll chat with you soon.